0: I'm Ted Baker, and this is the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast, Episode 71, regular season here, baby. Hobart and Colgate open up Sunday at 12 noon. We're joined by the head coach of the statesman, Greg Raymond. Good morning. Welcome back. Morning, Ted. Yes. Exciting time, brother. All right. So first thing, is it uh, official yet or are we outdoors? Yes.
1: on Boswell Field, Sunday at noon.
0: All right. So uh, come on down. Uh, lacrosse, uh, scrimmages last week at Yale, you scrimmage Yale and Fairfield. I know we're not really supposed to focus in on the score, but everybody does. Uh, how do you evaluate it? Was it a step back?
1: Uh, you know, step back's the wrong way to put it. I think great, uh, teaching day for sure. You know, the Fairfield thing was strange, Ted. It was, uh, you know, that's something that we've, we've tried to avoid playing two scrimmages in a day, and, um, you know, you got a team that was, uh, you know, we, we basically wanted our purple group or, you know, a lot of our depth on the bench to play that whole scrimmage. And, um, we did that, those guys had been sitting on the bench and, you know, 30 degree weather, it was sunny out, but pretty cold. And, and, um, and, uh, you know, Fairfield comes off a fresh warm-up. It's just recipe for disaster any way you draw it up. And, you know, it's just something that had to make the day flow because I know Fairfield and, and Yale were scrimmaging and we kind of, you know, crashed the party. But, um, you know, so in the future, we're going to do our best to try to avoid that or either add a fifth quarter to an end of a scrimmage or whatever it may be. But if you get to play Yale in order to... You know, ha- handle that whole process, or if you have to handle that whole process in order to play Yale, then then so be it. But you know, the Yale scrimmage was, um, uh, you know, in in part very good. I think um, the way that we approached that scrimmage, how it how we came out, um, how we played with fire in the first half. You know, good to be up. Uh, I think we're up one at the end of the half, and then um, offense goes a little bit stale in that third quarter. They end the third quarter up two. And um, and then you go into the fourth quarter and you just see, you know, what what Yale's depth versus what Hobart's depth looks like right now. And, um, you know, I think uh, that's something that we talked about a ton and what decision making looks like when uh, you're in a fourth quarter and you're in a close game and, you know, what what long possessions do for a defense, what, you know, capitalizing on face offs do. You know, we still have young men. Uh, you know the Chris Pattersons of the world, the Brooks Rhines of the world. That got you know young guys that are that are playing significant minutes here um, that haven't been in a situation like that before. Or understand that you know if if we don't value the ball um, in an early shot clock for four possessions in a row, you're playing an opponent that will capitalize on that error. So if they score a goal after, and if you watch Yale play Ted. They grind a shot clock down better than maybe anybody in the country, and very rarely do they take the first shot. Um, they will continue to find the best shot, and um, and then you got a de- defensive possession that lasts two minutes, two and a half minutes on the average, and then um, you go down there and and you take a shot or you take a chance within the first twenty seconds of our shot clock. Now the ball comes right back to the to the Yale offense, so. I think a step back is the exact wrong way to put it. I think it is a excellent teacher, and that's what scrimmages are for. You know, we we obviously want to win every time we compete, but uh, a, this early season, this is about endurance, man. It's about learning. It's about getting a growing that callous mind, uh, getting that thick skin, seeing where you've had success, seeing where you've had failures, and and uh, moving on amicably from both of those scenarios. So um, we look at it as okay for three quarters or two and a half, uh, whatever you want to say, we're competing at the highest level. And making great decisions and doing things from a all over the field underdog scenario. And then unfortunately we lose sight of that focus um in, in mainly that last quarter. So we come back with great lessons and um and we move forward uh with those lessons learned.
0: So you've seen this team now for two games plus of action against other colored jerseys. What's the state of the twenty twenty four team entering the season? Where do you think you are?
1: Um you know, I think we're in a good place. I do. You know, I think we get we get a couple guys that have been nicked up and banged up for the majority of the postseason. They're back this week, and um, which gives us, again, a little bit more depth in some areas where we feel like we need it. And then, um, you know, we just, we really trust our leadership, Ted. You know, whether we have had, um, uh, again, great successes or, or if we've had some things that we've had to change. Uh, the, the senior corps and the, and the captain group has been stalwart. They've, uh, they've just, they've set a standard and, um, been saying that term all year long, the standard is the standard. And no matter what happens, we, we're going to behave in a detailed fashion and we're going to hold each other accountable to those details that we feel are going to be very impactful on game day. Um, on on numerous occasions so and i think if you were to go back a couple podcasts ted you asked me you know we lose in these one goal games and you lose the high point by a goal use the st joe's by a goal you lose to a couple for yada 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 whatever it was um it was always about can we pay more attention to detail can we have uh a more fierce leadership uh, throughout the course of a week, so that when we are faced these in these high pressure moments, we do find a fortitude to make the right decision. Um, you know, with that being said, we still need to play games. There, there's no, there's no way around that. You know, experience as a team comes from playing games together. That's the way that it goes. So we need to be able earlier in the season, early in the season, much like all the points I made about Yale, uh, to be able to to figure out. What works, what doesn't, so we can grow that endurance. And our and our young men need to know that. And thankfully, we have a group at the at the helm and at the hierarchy of this family that are prepared to do that. I think they know that this is a journey and it's not a sprint. So we love these guys. Uh, again, as I said before, they're, they're working their tails off. Um, we're in a great position here where we have an excellent opponent coming to Boswell Field on Sunday who's um, proven to be an excellent opponent on game day. So we're just excited to see uh, – um, how we approach uh, the the game day scenario, how our guys come out, and um, I, I think they're going to be very ready and very motivated to have a great start here.
0: I know talking about injuries is always a little bit tricky. Is there anyone that we know is going to be out that we would notice right away and go, "Hey, wait a minute, where's this guy"?
1: Uh no, and Ted, t- I'm not saying it to be you know mysterious or, or misleading. I, I just don't know. There there okay. may be there may be one that's a little bit you know back and forth right now but you know Chad's back in the lineup this week he 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 didn't play against Vermont or uh or Yale and and Chad Bach is back um which is nice and um you know there's a couple others that are you know kind of fine-tuning some things and we're just trying to figure out if playing in this game makes sense, you know, with uh, right. Michigan right down the road here and then the A-10 two months away, it's, it's you know, we need those guys at that point. So we'll see. There's a couple that you may not see, a couple names here and there, but for the most part, we feel like uh, the majority of our, our, our front line here is going to be on the field on Sunday.
0: Now, I'm not giving anybody bulletin board material or anything like that, but when people saw Colgate as the season opener, you've handled them in the past. They went 2-9 and nine last year and everybody said, there's a win and then they go out and fire a shot across the bow at number 4 Penn State.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean I've never I've never viewed Colgate as anything other than a rivalry game and an excellent opponent. Whether or not we've beaten them in the last couple of years, I mean Ted, when I first started here, they beat our bag in a couple times. I mean, Colgate's good. There's they have good players. Um they play tough. They're playing a brand, brand new brand of lacrosse this year which is you know, kind of slightly manic, uh, you know, if anybody sees that, that Syracuse game, it's very physical. Uh, they are, um, they're playing in a, at a high pace and they're playing very confident, you know, and they're, and they're very good in all spots. There's not really a weakness. And then, you know, the one thing that you hate to see is an, an opponent is a great goaltender and they have one. So, um, you know, I, th- I think this is this is where you want to be from a rivalry standpoint. They may not view it as such because they have all the Patriot League stuff going on, but, you know, Colgate is an upstate rivalry for us. We, we think that this game is very physical. We think there's um, been some bad blood in the past um, just because of game game times and locations and this and that, all nonsense that doesn't matter. But um, we do feel like we have a history with this group, so uh, I I I'm not shocked at all that they beat Penn State. I, I know that they've struggled a bit from a record standpoint in the past, but that doesn't mean they haven't been a good team. And and um you know and the Bill Parcells thing you're as good as your record shows. You know, just because they're losing doesn't mean they're not competitive. And I think they have that chip on their shoulder that we have this year. You know, they're coming back. They bring uh, a lot of great players back that went through that 2-9 and nine season, and they look like they're pissed, you know, which is very respectful. Or sorry, very respectable. I think the coaching staff's done a good job preparing that team mentally to respond from what I'm sure was a painful season a year ago.
0: So they played Saturday, Monday at Penn State at Syracuse. I've never heard of that before.
1: Yeah, me neither. I mean, especially Penn State and Cuse. My my gut tells me as much as I love Gary and and um, the staff at Cuse, and I and I actually do mean that. I think those guys are good guys. But um, I, my my gut says that uh, Cuse said one thing, and then they needed the game on Monday, and and that's what you got to do in order to get them on the schedule. So who knows? It's a tough swing. And um, if you watch the Penn State game, how physical that game was. And then they bounce back, and and the way they play against Cuse, uh, you know, y- you and I both know Ted the Dome. Um, you know, the Dome is for suckers, man. They lures you in, and, and somehow somehow doesn't spit you back out to the end of the game. But um, I, I I thought the way that they fought and um, the way that they didn't back down, uh, how they went at them with their game plan, I thought was pretty uh, uh, was uh, put them put them in a different light. In terms of how I how I see that team and what we're going to expect from them on Sunday,
0: I had a high school game the night of the Syracuse game, so I didn't see it, but I got the report from my son Caleb. They took nine one minute penalties and a two minute unreleasable. I mean, is that is that going to be their style of play? Is to whack you upside the head?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, that's what we're preparing for, and um, and I think the the way that you put it, Ted, is best. It's. Um, you know, this is this is first. This is a physical game. You know, I think what what's happened over the course of time, we're we're famous as coaches, you know, for talking out of both sides of our mouth. We, you know, we we whine and complain constantly how there's no hitting anymore, and and um, you know, this is a physical game, and you know, it, let's let's let the boys play a little bit, and then when officials do, we complain that the game's too rough and, and that they're not calling enough, and da 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 da. So, I mean. If you watch that game, that ain't all Colgate, man. I mean, I mean, you got high late hits from Cuse. You've got, I mean, th- th- it's just a physical game, and I do think that they want to intimidate an opponent. I do, and um, and I think they have the physical prowess to do so. I think how you handle that situation or how you approach the game is of the utmost importance. And um, you know, I don't, I don't believe them to be a physical team against Penn State and a physical team against Cuse, and then. They play Hobart. They're not going to be, I mean, that doesn't make any sense that that that's, it looks like that's their style and that's how we view it. Not, not cheap, not dirty, not uh, whatever. I don't think they set out to be cheap and dirty, you know, if they do shame on them, but I just, I don't think that that's the case. I think they set out to be physical. I think they set out to, to set a tone and set a pace and, and so do we. So I think it's, it's, um, going to be two underdogs going at it here, which which I think if we handle it correctly, will it be physical? Sure, I hope so. And um, will they foul? Again, I, I don't know. I hope so. But um, at the same time, we're not looking at this thing as anything other than a physical game. It's going to be a tough battle. And um, we know that through our training and, and through our sacrifice that we're up for the challenge.
0: Well, is it going to be a challenge? I mean, you have a team that's played two games already and is showing you a different style than they have in the past, so you sort of have to throw everything out and start with a clean blackboard.
1: Yeah, and you know what you have, Ted, is year to year, I mean, if you were to look at the Colgate game last year, I mean, we played in the Snow Globe. It's it's hard to evaluate that game at all besides, you know, Hobart wins by two, and, and um, I think from a – can't stop and go and there's snow on the field standpoint, you know, but my point is we don't carry a ton from a previous season into this one, unless this is their first game. And it's not, we've seen them play twice. We've seen them play very similar twice. And so we're preparing for the way that they play. And, um, you know, every, every game's different, man. Every, every journey's different. Every team you play season to season, you know, they're, i hope that they're better stronger faster they have new first-year athletes that probably had a different dynamic and element i mean that's what we see at hobart every year is that well this is a different team we're you know we're 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 better at this than we were a year ago but you know we we've lost this or we need we need to find a different way to defend these scenarios or clear against this, it it always changes and molds and grows. So all we know is we've seen two films from a team that have done similar things film to film. And um, we're prepared for that. We're also in recognition that this is the third game. They may choose to change some things up and we're going to have to adjust. But again, I think we're going to this thing recognizing that we're just very happy, energetic, and pleased to be playing our first game at home on Boswell Field, and uh, no matter the opponent, I think we're going to approach it in a very similar way.
0: So two games are limited stats, but looking at their first two games, their ride has been very good. They're forcing a failure to clear about one time out of every four. Did, did I hear correctly? Are they doing uh, some more 10-man this year?
1: Yeah, every time, okay. um, and it's real. It's a great ride. Uh, I mean... There, there's real no, there's no way around that. There's no way for me to phrase it differently. They are riding very well and they are fully committed to it. Um, and uh, I believe it is, I mean, that ride in itself is a microcosm of how this team's playing. They are, um, they they are manic in that ride. They are, uh, um, they sell out for it. I mean, there's nobody on the field that uh, is in the in-between of this ride may not work or it may, I mean, they're all in. And, um, they, uh, they they are uh, as physical as they possibly can be. They want to cause turnovers as many a- times as they can. That goes from their offensive personnel to their um, midfield personnel, their defensive personnel. They're all in. So that's our biggest challenge is, is finding a way to get into a groove against that ride.
0: We talked about how the faceoff game, you weren't healthy most of last year. Uh, how is Adam Shea and uh, Seamus Schofield, who missed a lot of last year as well?
1: He's good. And, uh, you know, Sh- Moose is good as well. The, they're, uh, they're all gonna They're always going to be, you know, a little bit banged up again. I think that's what the position requires. And, and, um, and you also have Mikey Valent in there who's, you know, um, been a little bit banged up and been out of practice here and there for the last couple of weeks, took, took a few face-offs live last, last Saturday, uh, mainly in that Fairfield game. Um, still getting his legs underneath them for sure. But, that we've got three guys that that I think are pretty good and look pretty good. So, um uh, we go into this X feeling like we have an okay advantage, um still yet to be determined, but you know, but also uh we know that As soon as we win this ball, Colgate's coming at us. So, Or if we're fortunate enough to win the ball, Colgate's coming at us. So we got to be prepared for a bunch of things. But, um, yeah, all three of them are are in pretty good shape right now.
0: What's the key against a 10-man ride in generally, and there specifically? Obviously one thing is, you know, there's always that bait of the open goal and do you shoot from three-quarter field? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But what what do you see as the key to handling that 10-man and successfully clearing the ball?
1: Ah, poise. I mean, you know, what what a 10-man does, and and specifically one like this, a high-up-front-pressure 10-man. I mean, there's some 10-mans that kind of trap you in the middle of the field and uh, trap you over the midline and um, whatever, and they have strategy in terms of where they double and when and why. This really kind of isn't like that. I mean, I'm sure that they do have specific strategy, but this is all about press and pressure. And so you have to have poise with the ball in your stick against some pressure, you got to have fundamental discipline, you know, immediately when you start to get pressed, you see backfooted plays and and guys trying to throw through defenders instead of you know moving their feet um using an outside hand all things that can fall by the wayside when you get a little bit tired after a defensive possession and um you got some pressure coming your way so we've been talking all this week about about the poise and what what the specific looks are for us where we're positioning people throughout the field but um you know, we're going to have to have confidence and poise in our hands if we're going to clear effectively.
0: You used the word poise. Are you also going to talk to the team about the poise that you have to have against a physical team? You can't take that retaliation where you have a minute man up and then you give it away by retaliating.
1: Yeah, I hope we have maturity there, Ted. We've, we've talked about it um, from Monday until today. And, um, you know, I, I, I unfortunately for our guys are – I'm more in that meathead mode where it's like, all right, let's give it right back and let's be the last one to hit. But, um, I have since digressed and, and told the team that, you know, there, there is no better, um, no better comeback to a chirp, no better response to a foul, no better, uh, answer, um, to a, a physical tough game than scoring a goal and, and having more goals than them at the end of the game. So, um, we have to have some great maturity, and that's why one of our core values is getting the next play, um, and that's part of it. It's it's not just your physical execution in that play. It's your ability to emotionally withstand all that's happened prior so that you can be where your feet are in that current moment and you're not focused on Whatever, a high hit, or I threw the ball away, or da da da. I mean, this is a next play type of game, and uh, if we don't have a short memory, then you know we're going to find ourselves in a hole. If we do, then we're just going to keep battling with with uh, a team that we know has a very specific strategy.
0: For the fans who want to go to Michigan, the forecast right now is kind of borderline indoor/outdoor. And when I contacted their people, they said they weren't sure they'd be playing at their stadium, maybe a neutral site. Do you know anything about that at this point?
1: No, I mean you hit the nail on the head I mean we're um, uh we're, we're not sure what time the game is going to be if it's outside they've uh, done a fairly poor job with that communication and then we're not sure where it will be inside if we do play it inside because there's two indoor facilities that we may use and da-da-da-da. it's it's a disaster if I can be honest with you but um, we still we hope to uh, you know to play outside at Michigan that's the goal but it's Ann Arbor in, in February. I can't imagine it's going to be too nice next Saturday. So um, we're just going to have to move and shake and read and
0: react. You're going to send them the Colgate film from last year and go, oh, look, we played in this. We'll play in anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we will too. But, uh, I, you know, I, if they want to play in a parking lot, Hobart will show up. But um, yeah, we'd prefer. Uh, to play in a safer environment than that, but yes, we're uh, we're we're not shy to to the conditions. This is still Geneva, New York. We got an indoor facility and it's great, but we just told our guys, our home's Boswell Field, our home's the the cold outdoors. So um, we love that northern attitude.
0: all right, we'll see you at the Bos this set, uh, Sunday for the season opener. Looking forward to 2024. Thanks so much.
1: All right, Ted. Thanks, brother.
0: This has been Episode 71 of the Hobart Lacrosse Podcast. You can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever. And get all your athletics news at the official website of Hobart and William Smith Athletics. That's hwsathletics.com. We'll see you Sunday. Until then, have a great lacrosse week.